You're listening to Mammal Watching with Charles Foley and John Hall. You can find other episodes at mammalwatching.com slash podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the introductory Mammal Watching podcast. I am your co-host, Charles Foley, talking to you from Minneapolis in the U.S. And I'm John Hall, coming to you from New York City, also in the USA, obviously. Charles and I are extremely excited to introduce this new podcast to you. But before we do that, why don't we introduce each other? Yes, it's a real pleasure for me to introduce John Hall. Um, Many people listen to this podcast probably have heard of John because John is an absolute legend in the mammal watching world. Um, As a bit of background, John is a dual citizen. He is uh, both British and Australian, although as I like to say, um, he is a Welshman masquerading as an Aussie. Um, And John lives in New York. He's lived in New York for 10 years where he works for the United Nations. 16 years ago, John started up the website mammalwatching.com. And the website has become the hub of the international mammal watching community. So several thousand people will uh, log on every month. And there are many, many reports where people have written about their trips that they've done and where they've seen animals, how they've seen them, how did they find them, etc. And this for over a hundred different countries. So if you haven't been to mammalwatching.com, I highly recommend that you go there and you spend some time looking around. There's some fantastic stories on there. Now, if there's one thing that you need to know about John, other than the fact that he's really fun to hang out with, um, it's the fact that John has seen more species of mammal than any other person on the planet. I'll just take a little while to let that sink in. It's a remarkable statistic. Um, John, you've seen it's almost 2,000 mammal species now, isn't it? It's 1,944. Not that I really count all that much. (laughs) (laughs) That is is quite astonishing. And not only that, but um, you're also adding new sort of mammals to your list at a fairly alarming rate. I, I recall that even last year, in the midst of a pandemic, you added over 50 new mammal species. Is that right? I, I got exactly 50. My, my, my life goal every year is to see at least 50 new species. And even after some um, lucky armchair splits last year, I was on 49 until the 30th of, 30th of December when I went to New Jersey on a wing and a prayer and managed to see a woodland vole. So I got my 50, yay. <laughs> That's great. Uh, John, I saw one new species last year, just, uh, just for a bit of context over there. <laughs> so anyway, you are trailblazing um, <clears throat> your way through um, the mammal watching. And um, I think that is a, um, a, a sign of your dedication to the cause, John. I like to think so. I like to think so. Just one clarification on the whole Welshman masquerading as an Australian thing. My Australian friends also have a go at me when I claim to be Australian, saying my accent is just not found in Kermozzi. And how can I be Australian? So I like to say to them, well, unlike you, I chose to be Australian. It wasn't just an accident. So I like to think I'm actually more Australian than they are. That doesn't usually run that well, but I try. <laughs> anyway, let me, let me introduce Charles to you all. Um, For those who use the site, you will probably know Charles. He um, has submitted many trip reports from around the world. Um, He's also written, he's also the go-to guy 
on African species identification, anything from rodents to, to jackals, he usually weighs in with a very, very strong, good opinion, um, a very useful opinion on, on what things are. But Charles um, is not just a mammal watcher to the core, he's also a mammal professional. So Charles and his wife, Lara, have recently moved to the US, they're in Minneapolis. Um, they work for the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago and they run their, the, the zoo's Tanzania conservation and research program. For the 30 years before Charles moved to the US, he was actually based in Tanzania in Tarangiri National Park, where he and Lara uh, did some phenomenal work on elephants. And as a result, he doesn't just know people in the mammal watching community, but he knows researchers uh, and conservationists around the world, which is, you know, it's, it's going to be great, I, I think, for this podcast. Charles and Lara have also written the go-to mammal guide to Tanzania with their field guide to the larger mammals of Tanzania, which is an excellent book. Um, you can tell it's been written by mammal watchers and also a number of people from the, from the mammal watching community contributed photos to that book. As I said, Charles has written a bunch of, of really entertaining reports on the site, but my absolute favourites are his two big mammal days. Um, from Tanzania, from Serengeti. Charles um, is the world record big mammal day holder. I can't quite remember how many species it was over 60, wasn't it, in the last one, Charles? It was 64, John, 64. 64 species in 24 hours. And if you ever meet a mammal watching skeptic who just doesn't get why this hobby of ours is so much fun, please, please, please read Charles and Lara's report from their last big mammal day. It's on the Tanzania page. It has everything. It's adventurous, there's drama, there's passion, and the excitement and humour um, of a day, a day mama watching with Charles Foley comes through loud and clear. Um, like all great, great bromances, Charles and I have a, have a, a fun how-did-we-meet story. So I started the website in 2005, and it was in 2006, I think, that Charles got in touch with me, one of the very first people to find the website um, much of the website in those early days were um, pages about me looking for aardvarks around Africa and failing to see one. And it was becoming um, an absolute obsession with me. Not that I often get obsessed about mammals, of course. <laughs> but this one, I'd lived in Africa for a year. I'd never seen an aardvark. I'd seen those burrows, their burrows everywhere, and I was desperate to see one. And Charles dropped me this note along the lines, hey, John, found your website. Uh, it's great. By the way, if you want to see an aardvark, we, we just saw one in Marek Safari Camp in South Africa. They're pretty easy to see there. And we saw some other cool stuff too, including a rock elephant shoe and a, a red rock rabbit. So a few months later, I was packing my bags and I was flying to South Africa to spend my 40th birthday party alone at Marek looking for an aardvark. And of course, I saw one and it was the best day ever. And I was so excited, I even forgot I was turning 40, which was precisely my plan. So thank you very much, Charles, for that. And I think we haven't we haven't looked back since. <laughs> no, indeed. In fact, I suspect you probably still owe me a couple of beers for that sighting, actually, John. So I'll, sure I will definitely hold you to that. <laughs> um, but actually, what's interesting about that sighting is that um, I was on that trip with Mac Hunter and his wife, Ram Calhoun. And um, Mac will, in fact, be our very first guest on the Mammal Watching podcast. So you'll be able to hear him. Um, fairly shortly. And actually, I believe on that trip, um, Larry Masters was also on, on, on that trip. And uh, Larry is another contributor to uh, mammalwatching.com. So a lot of serendipity there, John. A lot of serendipity and, and happy coincidence. That's fantastic. I didn't, I didn't know that. 
that's uh, yeah, they're all regulars on the site now. So everything makes sense. The universe works in the mysterious ways. <laughs> it does indeed. <laughs> okay, so now onto the podcast. Why are we doing this? Um, it's something that Charles and I have been talking about for, for several years now. It was Charles's idea. Um, I thought it was a good one, but I never quite had the sort of energy to, to think more about it. But of course, COVID, like for so many of us, has given me time to do, given us both time to, to explore these things when we would normally have been traveling. Um, first off, we want to give Mammal Watchers an opportunity to talk about their hobby, to find out what makes them tick, Charles's joke, very good, um, and to get to know each other. I know when I travel, as I increasingly do with other people who are on the site, uh, a lot of the early conversation is around, oh, do you know such and such? They write such good reports. What are they like, really? Um, and so this is a chance for, for you all to meet, um, to meet the, the people behind the trip reports, to get a sense of what they are. Um, you know, in, a, in this, in a, in a hobby like ours, of course, there are characters and, and, and there are fantastic stories and storytellers. And this is also a chance to hear some of these adventures that I think just about everyone has had when they've been out in the field. Um, yes, and it's important to note that everyone has mammal watching stories. It doesn't have to be some exotic trip that someone took to, let's say, the Himalayas to see snow leopards or Rwanda see mountain gorillas. People can see fantastic things even in their backyard. And for instance, one of my daughters who I'm trying to indoctrinate into becoming a mammal watcher, this summer, she realized that a blarina, which is a short-tailed shrew, was feeding on seeds underneath our bird feeder in the garden. And she got to know this shrew and eventually the shrew would actually feed from her hand. And it's, those stories of whatever brings people joy and excitement with watching mammals that we want to hear about and hope to include in our future podcasts. So another element of the podcast that we um, want to explore is bringing in people who are either field researchers or professional conservationists or professional scientists who have, you know, some of you have spent uh, their lives studying a particular species or um, helping conserve animals. And I'm of the opinion that basically every field researcher at heart is a mammal watcher. They may not actually know it, but, but they are. And some of these people have spent years and years living in incredibly remote areas and have seen some of the most astonishing things. And we hope to be able to bring them onto the podcast and to uh, rope them in and to extract some of those great stories from them. That's excellent, Charles. And of course, because of your career, you know so many of these, these great people. I'm of the opinion that just about everyone is a mammal watcher at heart. Uh, even if they don't know it yet, except probably my daughter, Katie, who um, <laughs> is definitely not, I would say. Leave it at I, I wonder why that is, John. I have no idea. <laughs> She'll come back to me, maybe. Um, so in addition to that, we'll also be you know, talking to mammal watchers, of course, and science, scientists and conservationists. We'll be, we'll be looking into topics perhaps of interest to mammal watchers, i.e. how to find a pocket gopher, field tips. We'll talk about books and gadgets, uh, latest mammal watching news, there's, there's certainly enough material to keep us going for half an hour every two weeks, which is our plan at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all those sort of essential tips um, in life, like, you know, how does one see a mole rat? You know, it's, it's those sort of um, important things that they, they seem not to teach at school these days. So the tone of 
these podcasts is going to be quite uh, lighthearted. We will not take ourselves too seriously. Um, deep down, we realize that basically we are <clears throat> two balding middle-aged men who like to travel around the world looking for rodents, which is a little bit unusual. Uh, yeah, but we're not we're not bird watchers, right? That's far more unusual when you think about it. Give me a rat over a little brown job any day of the week. Yeah, right. You're right, John. Absolutely. We uh, dodged a bullet on that one, didn't we? Hey, <laughs> did indeed. <laughs> so we're, we're planning to have a podcast every two weeks. We'll make short trailers, um, which we'll share on social media and through the site. So look out for those. But the podcasts themselves will be uh, linked to mammalwatching.com slash podcasts, but they should also be available on your favorite podcast platform. Yes. And we really look forward to getting your feedback on this. Um, that will be extremely useful. Um, if you know, let us know what you like, what didn't work, um, and if there are any particular topics that you'd like us to discuss, or indeed if there's any particular person that we should be interviewing. So um, let us know your thoughts, even if it's just to tell us how good looking we are. That sort of information is really useful for us at this stage in life. Yeah, and on that last question, feel free not to, to tell the truth. Just um, just tell us we're good looking. That, that's right. That's, good to me. That, that's right. Absolutely. Feel free to lie. Yeah. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll uh, we'll see you on the airwaves. We will indeed. You've been listening to Mammal Watching with Charles Foley and John Hall. You can find other episodes at mammalwatching.com slash podcast. <laughs>